What's up, everybody? This is Oscar Barkas, and I am coming to you live with episode 8 of the We Like the Pain podcast, a show about two of the funniest and most embarrassing teams in the league, the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I am actually solo potting today. I planned on having Dalton back on. You may recognize him from one of our first episodes. I wanted to uh, actually have him back on, but we had some scheduling conflicts. I'll get into that in a second uh, with my hot take of the day. Um, Still missing Sammy, obviously. His team got a big win. Wanted to start out the show with that. Jags get their first win of the season. Um, Break the second longest losing streak in NFL history with a win over the Dolphins. Um, The Texans did not win. We had a uh, almost a no-show against the Colts this week, but I'll get into both those teams in a little bit. As always, we got some more detailed analysis of our two teams. Um, I had a sort of mailbag quick question that I wanted to start the show with. Since I was solo potting, I didn't want to ask my own question and then answer it myself. So I had Wyatt text me and his questions were most disappointing team this season and then most surprising team this season. And the first one's almost obvious, uh, glaringly obvious to me. And that's the team that the Jags just beat the Miami Dolphins. They were 10 and six last year um, Tua was supposed to take a big step. The defense was supposed to stay very good. And now they are 1-5. And, um, and coming off a loss to the Jags. So there were some rumors that I'll get into. Actually, I can get into them now. Um, that there, the Texans and the Dolphins were pretty close to a Deshaun Watson trade this week. And then some ESPN reporters for those teams shut those rumors down. Um, I don't see Deshaun Watson being traded this year. And I can see why the Dolphins would like to um, upgrade at the quarterback position. And Tua to Deshaun would be a huge upgrade. I don't think they're willing to take on the unnecessary risk and media coverage that would come with that right now. And although it is, they are one in five, very disappointing, the most disappointing team in the league, um, I just don't, I don't see them making that move. Most surprising team this season, there are a couple. Um, I think, ah, I, I, let me add to disappointing because the Seattle Seahawks have also been very disappointing, but Russell Wilson's been out. I don't think that's their only issue. Um, and we'll see how they close out the year, how, how they continue from here, because if they have a losing record this season, I think that there might be some big changes up in Seattle in this offseason. Um, moving back to the surprising team, I think the Bengals may be the best answer now that we're six weeks in. They are winning. I mean, it's crazy. The The Cincinnati Bengals have won. Um, I believe they're 4-2. and two. Um, Joe Burrow looks great. Their offensive line actually has looked a lot better than it did 
even a couple weeks into the season. And then their defense, I actually want to correct myself from a couple weeks ago. I called their defense still bad. Their defense has been maybe frisky is the word. They're they're not definitely not among the league's best, but you don't have to be when you have Joe Burrow as your quarterback. Um, I think the Bengals make the playoffs. Connor made that prediction on here last week, and I, I would continue with that. Another quick mention is the Bears, but they're not as surprising to me because I knew that their defense was good. Um, what that team really needs is for Justin Fields to to get his feet set under him, and I think that they could also be a playoff team if that was to happen. They're sitting at 3-3. Three and three. I think that that's a pretty good spot to stop there. And then we've got some big sports and media headlines that I wanted to cover. Um, the NBA 75 came out, which for those unaware is the NBA's best 75 players through their first 75 years. It's the NBA's 75th anniversary this year. Um, and as voted on by... I'm not even sure how many people in uh, the business voted, but there has been some discourse about some omissions, most notably Kyrie Irving, Dwight Howard, Tracy McGrady, um, all great players did not make the list. What actually ended up happening was they kept the original 50 players from the 50 at 50 team, which happened 25 years ago, obviously, and then just added 25 more since then. And people have sort of gotten upset at this because the last 25 years of basketball has featured most of the greatest players. Um, so people figured that they should sort of start from zero, start clean. And some of those original 50, most of those original 50 would still make it, but that would be a way for those three guys that I mentioned to slip in and then maybe even a... Nikola Jokic or Luka Doncic, who are both very young, but um, very promising players that will make the list based on their current trajectory. And that's something that happened at the, the 50 at 50. Shaquille O'Neal was included, even though he was in his first couple years in the league. Um, and it worked out. So the, that's been the big NBA drama. Actually, not the biggest NBA drama. Um, ben Simmons... It's been the Ben Simmons, the summer of the Ben Simmons drama uh, for the 76ers. They did not ever really come to terms with the disgruntled superstar, if you want to call him that, um, over the summer. And he was away from the team, showed up. Um, and then in the last week, it's just gotten even more heated. He was thrown out of practice. Now he's back with the team trying to claim some injury, also saying that he's being affected by mental health. The whole situation has been handled poorly from both sides, and they actually came, both, both sides came out and admitted that today when they met. Regardless, it is not a great look for the team and not something that I'm sure they want to be dealing with as they're in the midst of Joel Embiid's prime trying to win a title for the first time in a long time. Um... More basketball stuff, I just want to mention quick. The Spurs won big in our first game against the Orlando Magic on Wednesday night. Um, we play the Nuggets tonight, and that'll be uh, a more truer test of how good we are. 
I and uh, spoiler alert, I think that the answer is not very. Um, I I think that our best case would be that we sneak into the ninth or tenth seed and, and try and make the playoffs from there uh, through the play-in game. Meanwhile, the Mavs lost. It was never close. Uh, they could not hit a shot against the Atlanta Hawks, and I know that all my Mavs fans friends are uh, disappointed for sure because the Hawks are one of the teams that you really don't want to lose to especially on opening night um, because those are the two teams that were involved in the trade that sent Luka to Dallas and Trey Young to Atlanta on draft night regardless in both the Mavs and Spurs cases, we have to remember there's 82 games in a basketball season. A lot can happen. The Mavs are not anywhere close to that bad. They're still figuring things out with their new coach, still trying to work on the Luka and Kristaps Porzingis relationship. Um, and then the Spurs are definitely not that good. We're, we're shooting the lights out. And I want to give a shout out to Devin Vassell, our second year player who is. Uh, who was our leading scorer on Wednesday night. And if he plays as good as he played in that game all season, he will be one of our best players. Um, Shifting gears to baseball, the playoffs have been really exciting. We're down to our final four teams, of course. The Dodgers and the Braves played last night, and the Dodgers held on. They were down 3-1 to in the series. And made it three to two. Um, if they had lost the game last night, the series would have been over. But they held on and will extend the series, which is good to hear as an Astros fan. Tire, whichever the teams ends up winning, the longer the series goes, the more tired they are. The Astros play tonight. They are leading the series three to two against the Red Sox, and if they win tonight the series is over so that would be great i'm rooting for the astros obviously as a houston sports fan for the most part but but in the national league on the other side of the playoffs i would like to see the braves close out the series which they will have a chance to do tomorrow night and that will also be game seven of the american league championship series if the astros don't close out tonight so Tomorrow night could be a great night of baseball. More NFL-centric news. Um, Derrick Henry is on another level. It's I'm, I'm sad Dalton's not here to rub it in my face because he's been far and away the best running back this season. Um, it's actually not even, I said far and away, but it is not close. Um, rushing leads, rushing yards leaders after week six. I, this is a tweet from at my sports update. Derrick Henry has 783 yards. Derrick Henry after first contact, 587 yards. And then Nick Chubb, 523. So he has more yards after contact than the next closest running back. Um, So Dalton would be rubbing that in my face right now for sure. Uh, Especially, I, I, I keep talking about how bad the Titans are in this podcast and they are slowly proving me wrong they are now four and two they beat the Bills on Monday night and I want to point out one of our listeners freezing cold takes me 
over the fact that I picked the Bills in that game. I, I think that the wording I used was gobsmack, and the Titans pulled out a close one, um, and Derrick Henry went crazy. He had nearly 180 yards and three touchdowns. Um, I, they're just going to keep proving me wrong. I thought before the season, actually, I thought after the first game that if the Texans looked as good as they did with Tyrod Taylor, we might actually compete for the division, considering how bad I thought the Titans were going to be. Not anymore. They've been they've been good. They're confusing. They've they've lost to the Jets. They barely beat the Jags, um, but they've also. They got killed by the Cardinals, but they've also beat the Seahawks and the um, Bills now, which are two impressive-ish teams. The the Seahawks less so, but um, more Texans-focused. We played the Pats two weeks ago and held our own, but that's because almost everything was in our favor. And watching the Cowboys play the Patriots this most recent week and pull out a very narrow victory when almost everything was against them. Watching that game, they had there were blown calls and um, mistakes, easy mistakes. Anyway, that's not the point of the story. The point of the story was me to say the whole time I was thinking that if half the things that happened to the Cowboys in their game against the Patriots happened to the Texans two weeks ago, I don't think we would have scored. Um, and then I was, of course, uh, that that thought was affirmed when we lost 3-31 to against the Colts. Um, more Cowboys. Trevon Diggs is going crazy right now he has seven picks and two return touchdowns which is funny because he actually has the he he is tied with his brother in touchdowns this season his brother is Stefan Diggs who plays wide receiver they both have two touchdowns if Trevon keeps up every number and then stops picking off passes he ends the season with seven but everything else tackles pass defenses whatever all continue he will put up a nearly identical statistical season that Stefan Gilmore had a couple years ago when he won defensive player of the year so my question is is he the defensive player of the year through six weeks he might be he is also one of two players to have seven picks through six games and one of two players to have one interception in each of the first six games um, those are not the same person but they're both crazy stats he's got a pick a game and then has one extra on top of that crazy stuff man um, now to get a little more depressing I to finish off my Cowboys th- thoughts I think that they're one of those six best teams in the NFL right now and it'll take quite a bit for that to change. They've played so well. Dak might be the best quarterback in terms of decision-making so far this season. I mean, Tom Brady, obviously, but Dak has just looked like a robot out there making good decision after good decision, crazy throw after crazy throw, and then the Cowboys' run game has improved because of it. Um, Dak is 
definitely in the MVP conversation. Okay, now the more depressing stuff we've got to talk about. That sigh is just me reminding myself that the Texans have to play the Cardinals in Arizona this week. So we lost 31-3 to against the Colts. It was um, never close. Davis Mills was playing all right through the first quarter, quarter and a half. And so my question is, is he, and, and honestly, he ended the game with good statistics. That's two straight weeks where he looked pretty good box score wise against the Patriots and then against the Colts. Um, but one of the people that I, a podcast that I listen to quite frequently is called the Bill Simmons podcast. And a phrase that he uses quite often is a good stats, bad team guy. So Davis Mills was 29 for 43, 240 yards, and then two interceptions. The interceptions, we were just trying to get back into the game. He was checking it deep. I can't really blame him for them, even though it just adds to his interception count. But he's had great... um, Great completion percentage is finding receivers way better than he did in that game against the Bills a couple weeks ago. However, we still lost 31-3, to so is he a good stats on a bad team guy? So just putting up empty stats, not helping his team win. Um, I have had a conversation, just an inner dialogue all season about Texans hopes and dreams and before the season it was all about losing let's lose as many games as possible get as high of a draft pick as possible start over hopefully get some more draft picks by trading Sean Watson not going to put too much into that but then we won handily in week one and then looked pretty competent against the Browns I've gotten over those games over and over and over again because Tyrod Taylor was playing, and I thought that we might challenge for the division. If we won eight or nine games, who knows if that would help us, if we could make the playoffs. Now I've decided that it's time to revert to preseason expectations. We're, we're if not the worst, the second worst team in football right now. It's us and the Lions, and it's not particularly close. And I just have to remind myself that this is this is what I thought was going to happen going into the season. We got to revert to those original expectations. I don't really have too much else to say about the game. We we lost by four touchdowns. There's not a whole lot to say. Um, almost got shut out again. Second time in three weeks. So let's move on. I did want to say one little note about us cutting some veterans this week. We cut Whitney Merciless, who was definitely the longest tenured Texan, um, our defensive end slash edge rusher. He has played for the Texans for a long time. Um, I'm sad to see him go, but I can understand why he would like to go play somewhere where he has a chance to contend because he's never been able to do that with us. And so he signed with the Packers, and I'm very happy with him, for him, with with the Packers for picking him up. Um, and then we also cut Andre Roberts, who I've talked about a little bit, former All-Pro returner that we signed in the offseason. 
didn't make much sense to me when we did it and he never looked great for us um but it's okay it was a one-year deal i'm not that worried about it he is now playing for the chargers and it's funny i've seen a lot of discourse from chargers fans happy to have signed him um get a good return man because their special teams has been so bad this year and I just hope that they have tempered their expectations because he was not the return man he once was uh, this year so far. On a lighter note, the Jags won, as I discussed. They got their first win in 21 games. They had lost 20 straight since beating the Colts in the home opener last year. Um, I know that... My co-host Sam is bittersweet. Uh, it's it's happy that the Jags won their first game with Trevor Lawrence. It's sad that they almost had the longest losing streak in the NFL history, and it broke. He he wanted it to happen, um, especially because it would get Urban Meyer out the door a little quicker. Uh, this game was very interesting. Both quarterbacks actually looked pretty good, and Tua looked about as good as I expect him to play the best I expect him to play even he he's just not right with this Dolphins team I don't think um it was a national championship rematch the 2018 national championship when Trevor Lawrence as a freshman beat Tua and Bama um he looked so comfortable in this game he it's just it took six games it didn't even take six games it just took a little bit of time for him to get adjusted it's a much faster pace and he is definitely the quarterback of the Jags future I don't think there was any question ever any question behind that but he looks like he could be a top three you know worst case top five quarterback sooner rather than later I mentioned that Tua was all right. He put up some good stats. I'm still not... I mean, you heard the indecision in my voice when I was talking about him earlier. I'm just not sure he... These Bama quarterbacks are confusing because they're so good in college. And, I mean, they have great teams around them, so that's not super hard to do. But um, from Bama, or from Tua to Jalen Hurts to Mac Jones... They're all still so young, so they've got plenty of time to prove themselves, but I would not put any of them in that tier of potentially superstar quarterback like I would with Trevor Lawrence or even Justin Fields. Um, and Tua's leash is short. He, he plays for a team that would like to win now, and the Dolphins kind of backed themselves into that when they won 10 games last year. And they, they maybe overshot those expectations last year. They, they should not have expected to do something like that again this year. Um, but they are 1-5, so they're, it's not like they're slightly underperforming. Um, moving on, I just have to mention James Robinson's name one more time. Man, that guy has been so good this year. Every time you watch the Jags play, he, there is at least one run 
or catch or whatever that James Robinson does that'll make me like actually stand up off the couch. And this week it was the touchdown that put the Jags up uh, about halfway through the third quarter. He ran like 25 yards right to the one yard line and was chucking through defenders, spinning around defenders, making them miss every which way. And then they got to the one and handed it to him again, and he was not touched as he walked his way in. So, man, that guy is good. It's still, it's just that every week it makes it a little more questionable that Urban Meyer took a running back the 25th overall pick this past year in Travis Etienne. Um, but, man, it would be fun to have as a one-two punch. Um, that's about it for Jag's thoughts. I guess the one sort of funny thing I wanted to say was I felt like a degenerate waking up at 8 in the morning to watch the London game um, between the Jaguars and the Dolphins, but got to do it for the fans. Got to gotta provide the content that you all need. And it was fun. I, I doubt that there were very many people around the country besides degenerate sports gamblers and Jags and Dolphins fans that were up for that. The Jags are on bye this week, and then I mentioned the Texans play the Cardinals. Um, the Cardinals are favored by like 17 and a half points or something like that. I There's there's a good chance that that, that, that overhits. That they um, they cover that spread. Um, the Texans just have not looked good, and then it's a J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins revenge game. So they're going to show out. Also, and perhaps the most devastating news for Oscar this week, J.J. Watt uh, came out and said at a press conference on Thursday, um, quote, it's not the same organization that I remember and that I was a part of. The team, basically, in his mind, has changed so much and that it really doesn't even feel like home. Um, just really sad. Sad that it's it, the team has changed so much so quickly that J.J. Watt doesn't even recognize it anymore. This is what the podcast for, Oscar. It's, it's time to get out these feelings. Um, Love you, JJ. It's I'm I'm glad to see you thriving on the on the Cardinals. Um, it's just going to be really hard to watch this game. Going back to revenge games, while it's also a David Johnson revenge game, I am not super confident in him doing much. Well, we're through that section pretty quickly. I feel bad. Um, I feel like I've run through all of that, but that's what happens when you don't have a guest that you can sort of talk through things with slash debate, um, depending on who the guest is. This isn't the end of the pod. I'm going to do a little fantasy corner, but if you're only here for the more sports-oriented news, feel free to sign off. Actually, wait, wait. before we transition to fantasy corner... I just want to say fuck tow truck drivers, pardon my French, they um, profit off of our demise and that is why I'm not on the 
uh, call with Dalton today. I got my truck towed, and by the time I made it back home, Dalton was no longer able to record with me. It sucks when you park in front of a um, sign that says this is for this lot only, and it didn't serve one of the restaurants in that lot, but it's okay. Life moves on. Um, you just would be hearing Dalton's voice along with my own if it weren't for the people at the towing company in College Station. All right, fantasy corner time. Um, our fantasy corner this week will start with a quick question, actually, which we haven't done before, but I had asked Dalton for a quick question also, and I figured that this was a good one to include down here. Um, his question was, should Alexander Madison, who's the backup running back for the Vikings, get more carries even if Dalvin Cook is healthy? And he said, considering Madison's averaging four and a half yards a carry basically in his two starts has looked pretty good. Um, more carries, yes, I believe. And that's just mostly so that you take a lot of the workload off Dalvin Cook. Zeke has looked so much better this year and last year was difficult without a true quarterback there, but he's looked so good having a guy that can spell him some work. So they both can stay fresh the entirety of the game and save, prevent injuries, because that is something that Dalvin Cook has struggled a lot with throughout his entire career from college on, but also... Um, this season he's missed some time like Dalton mentioned Alexander Madison has two starts I think that he will get more carries but if the question was should he get more carries than Dalvin Cook absolutely not Dalvin Cook is a top five running back in the league um, talent wise and you you have to feed your best players um, Cook's in that group with like the uh, Derrick Henry is a tier by himself this year and has been for the past couple years. Um, but then Zeke and Christian McCaffrey and Saquon and Dalvin Cook, just talent-wise, um, those would be the five. Going back to Derrick Henry, I forgot to say this earlier. So I'm, I basically mentioned he's on a tear right now. Um, I didn't really get into the details here. If he is to continue at his current pace, uh, he's already had 783 yards and 10 touchdowns. He will have two straight seasons of 2,000 yards, which has done, been done very few times before. Um, and then he will, have, for three straight years, have led the league in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. Absolutely insane. Not to mention the fact that he has almost already broken his uh, season record in receiving yards. He's got 138 receiving yards and will shatter his previous high, which was 206. Um, absolutely insane, man. It's crazy that this is the era of passing and limiting a running back's workload so they don't get hurt. And Derrick Henry's just a animal out there it it's funny I heard someone talking about how the way he plays and it's not like he's like 
Saquon, who's this crazy athlete, can juke anyone out of their shorts, can um, make any play happen. He just runs straight. It's like he's Forrest Gump running right at the end zone, and people just either can't catch him because he's so fast, or if they do, he just breaks straight through the tackle, and they, he's just standing straight up running, <laughs> leading the league in rushing yards. Um, crazy. Okay, uh, more fantasy-centric. I wanted to talk about some trades that have happened in our league that Sam and some of my other guests have talked about. Uh, it's our most important league, and we've had a pretty busy three days. Um, I made two trades. I needed an upgrade at quarterback. I've got Ryan Tannehill, who has not looked great so far this season, and I have sort of a surplus of running backs, so I... The, the frame of the deal was trading Chase Edmonds for Jalen Hurts, but I got Amari Cooper and Nico Collins along with Jalen Hurts by including Odell Beckham Jr. in the trade, um, which I'm very happy with. I am a huge Amari Cooper fan. Obviously, Nico Collins is a Texans receiver, and though he hasn't been super involved yet, I just like having one on my team. Um, and I'm, I'm happy with the trade. It left me a little weak at running back depth, but I just, um, I figured that this trade really helped me, especially at the, that quarterback position, like I mentioned. Um, and then I was like, hey, well, uh, maybe I can add back to that running back depth. And I made a very low-risk trade, a buy-low, for Miles Sanders, the Eagles starting running back. Um, he's been very disappointing this season also, but it's trending upward in terms of his usage, and I wanted to see if I could buy low, like I mentioned. So I traded Michael Carter, the Jets running back, who I'm very high on. He's a rookie, and he's for sure looked the best of the three Jets running backs that have played significant time this season. Um, and he could have been a keeper. I'm, uh, the league that we're a part of is a keeper league, so you can take a player that you drafted the previous year in the same round that you drafted them. So, for instance, Nick Chubb I draft in the 10th round a couple years ago. Well, the following year, I can keep him in the 10th. So Michael Carter could have been a keeper, but I was willing to let him go. I'm trying to win this year. I'm, I'm the number one team in the league so far, so I want to keep winning. And um, I figured that Miles Sanders was a good return. And then we also included some draft picks in that, but that's not too important. And then we saw a huge trade um, between Chase and Victor, who were sitting towards the bottom of the division, bottom of the league, and Caleb, who is going all in on this year, um, he is shedding picks, shedding shedding pretty high draft picks, but his team is also very, very talented. Um, so Chase and Victor traded. Zeke was the big part of the trade. And then Brandon Ayuk and Zach Ertz and a pick, a 10th rounder, for Marvin Jones, Corey Davis, T. Higgins, and a third-round pick from Caleb. So they're really just pushing themselves into contention next year by getting this third-rounder. K. 
Caleb's obviously trying to win now. And then Chase and Victor also get a potential keeper in T. Higgins, who I believe can be kept in the 17th round of our draft. So that's all um, That's all for the trades that have happened in the past couple days, but very exciting. Big shakeup um, of... Really not huge shakeup of my team. I just improved at a couple positions without trading away too much. And then Caleb traded away a lot, but for Zeke, who is one of the top five running backs in fantasy, and um, made his team even better. We're only six weeks into the season, uh, which is why I did not want to spend too much of my future capital to to push the chips in for this year but but we will uh see how the rest of the year pans out i'm sure that you guys will be hearing updates if not every week every few weeks i think that's about it i think that wraps us up uh shorter pod this week it's it's a lot shorter when i'm the only one talking um I'd rather end sooner rather than later, especially without Sammy or another guest here, but we will have another guest next week, so not to worry. And to close us out, as always, thank you guys for coming in and hating yourselves with us. See you next week.